Welcome into another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball, where we find the best tools to build the best players. On this episode, we have Tyler Jackson. Tyler is currently the hitting coach at Moorhead State University. Previous few years, he was at Liberty University. As a player, he ended up playing for Monty Lee, who's now the head coach at Clemson, but at the time was coaching College of Charleston. So he played at College of Charleston. And in this episode, we we get into a lot of different areas. We talk a little bit about player development and what he likes to do and emphasize with his players in the fall and even during the season. We get into some recruiting, and and he talks about his crazy schedule recruiting even during the year and some of the things that, that they're specifically looking for when they're out on the recruiting trail and just tips that I think will, will help everybody who, who, are, who is in that process or will be in that process. This episode is brought to you by Driveline Plus. Driveline Plus is a, a library of, of information and videos that Driveline puts out there and all their trainers. It's a great resource. So looking at for hitting drills, pitching drills, just everything. It's a collection of, of, re, of resources that they've been made over time and I've been someone who you know I was I was a member of Driveline Plus early on it's a great product so go to drivelinebaseball.com/plus and type in coupon code jones25 you'll receive $25 off your your first year of Driveline Plus so jones25 type in that coupon code drivelinebaseball.com/plus you'll get $25 off your first year of Driveline Plus here is now my episode with Tyler Jackson All right, we now welcome on Tyler Jackson at Moorhead State University. Tyler, thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. So I know you've been you've been at a few schools now. You're at you're at Moorhead State. You've been at Liberty, and you know you I know you've played college baseball. We we were talking before we started recording this at College of Charleston for for Monty Lee's now at Clemson. Um, so you've had a, a lot of experience at some different levels. Um, you know, now that you're a coach, you know, the hitting coach at Moorhead State, what's something that you're you're implementing now that you've learned from all your years of coaching and, and playing experience? Uh, I think the first thing is just kind of letting the players kind of dictate what they want as far as like how they want to go about like their daily process. Like I, I'm big on like trying to get them into like a routine based like process and to focus more on that and the process about how they go about everyday uh, work is it's leads to kind of like the I guess the takes the result of each day-to-day out of it and kind of looks at the big picture type of stuff whereas I think when I first started coaching it was more of like trying to like get really focused on mechanics and like all this and that and now it's more about just trusting what they're doing every day and and have a more of an approach base, like all uh, approach to the whole overall offensive type of the of the game. Is there is there something that you you do want them to do on a daily basis, like specifically? Like, is there anything? Uh, I mean, it's it's whatever they want, really. I mean, it's nothing that like I give them some ideas and some stuff, especially in the fall. But it's nothing that I'm dead set on to where if they don't want to do it, like they don't have to do it. Like, if it helps them to do something else, then let them go do that. Like, it, at the end of the day, it's about them and about what they want. And whatever is the best thing to have for them to have success is kind of what I go with on a daily basis. 
Why, why do you uh, have that approach to coaching where it's more so kind of giving, letting them take the reins and, and do what they want? I mean, it's, it's their career. I mean, if it's, everybody's different. And I mean, if you, you can go in and make everybody the same, but at the end of the day, like it, you're taking away your, your athleticism and kind of what they want to do is a, is a plan. Like I believe everybody has a plan of what they want, whether it be right or wrong. If it's, if it works for them, then it's going to work. And it's kind of just letting them evolve and create their system that they want because at the end of the day, they're the best hitting coach. Like, I, I'm there for – I mean, we get 20 hours a week with these guys. They, hopefully, they hit way more than 20 hours, and I'm not going to be around for most of those times. So, if, if they always need me to sit there and tell them what to do, then they're not going to be very good. Like, they need to have some restraints and stuff like that where we put on them, but at the same time, like, the freedom to go in and do what they, they want to do to try to make themselves the best they can be. I love that. I, that's something that I, I use it from time to time too, is like they need like play, hitters need to be their own best hitting coach, right? Like you, you're going to have different coaches, whether they, you know, they're playing for you or going summer ball or whatever it is. You got to know your swing. Cause you know, when you're in the box, it's, you know, you can't be looking over your shoulder. Um, what are some of the things that maybe you could possibly share when it comes to you know getting ready for a game, like is there is there a certain process that you have to help guys get ready to face a certain starting pitcher? Um, it, yes, like we'll we'll try to use the like we use the machines and stuff a lot. So if we get a guy that that is going to throw a lot of breaking balls, or we feel like that's what they're going to attack us with, like we we'll hit some more off the breaking balls and kind of go that way. Um, like, I'll do a scouting report for every game and kind of give them an idea of what, what they're going to get. Like, I don't like giving them too much information because I think when you give them a lot of information, they get up there and start thinking about every little thing, just kind of how they attack, what their outfitch is, uh, what they do in certain counts. I mean, if some guys, you'll go and look at the video and the synergy stuff that we have, and especially with two strikes that, all right, their breaking balls are nowhere close to the strike zone, so we're not going to. We're just going to look for a hanging breaking ball with two strikes. Like, we're going to be on fastball and, and be ready to hit a hanging breaking ball. And I think that's kind of helped with the two-strike approach and as far as, like, what they're looking for and that type of stuff and, and just giving them kind of a little bit of a plan to how we want to attack these pitchers on a daily basis. What are your thoughts on, on random versus block practice before a game? <clears throat> uh, I think that goes back to kind of each hitter also. I mean – I will take BP for every game, and we have a machine that, that we can make on random, and we do that for a lot of the time, like on practice days uh, during the middle of the week, not like necessarily before a game. Uh, before a game, I feel like it's guys get guys confident in what they're doing and have some confident, confidence when they go up into the, uh, into the game. Um, we do a lot of the random stuff during the, the middle of the week and kind of like a live type BP stuff or we have this machine on the field and we could put eight different pitches in there and it'll, we'll make some of them basketball, some of them breaking balls, some of them strikes and some of them balls and kind of the swing decision type aspect of, uh, of each at bat. What do the guys think of, think of the machine when it's on random? <laughs> they, uh, it's, it's kind of a different opinion. Some of them love it. Some of them hate it, but I've used it before. Like, I remember or back in the fall, we were doing it one day. One of our guys was not happy we were doing it. and was kind of frustrated because he wasn't hitting the ball very well. And I was like, I kind of got on him a little bit. And was like, 
well, the pitcher ain't going to tell you what the, what's coming and you're not swinging at strikes and all this and that. And his next round was the best round he's had all year. And it was kind of funny. Like, like I, all I had to do is just get you to focus a little bit more. And like, it was fine. Like, and I think that's what it comes down to is the focus on, they were focusing more like on the, the machine and not wanting the machine instead of just focusing on seeing the ball and hitting the ball. Like when they stay, stay with that approach and just see the ball and then hit it, like it was a lot better than, than the worried about the machine part of it. So I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Like, what are you focusing on? Like if you're focusing on the wrong type of stuff, you're not going to have the success you need. What's, what's been the, the biggest challenge? I mean, I know, you know, you were at Liberty before, you know, Moorhead State, which is where you're at now, obviously. But now that you're like, you know, I think at Liberty, I believe you were the volunteer. Now that you're full-time Moorhead State, the hitting coach, what, like, what's been a, something that's come up this year where maybe in years past um, you didn't really think of or didn't think that it would, it would come about? Um, I think as far as like more on the recruiting side, then the the actual hitting part is just the amount of time and travel and all that. Like I've I've been on the road a lot last month. I mean I've been all over the place watching high school JUCO stuff, and I think that part of like missing the game and and like actually missing our games to go watch other guys that we're trying to recruit to come in to play here has been the hardest thing because I, I love to compete and. The games are kind of my chance to sit back and watch our guys like go out and do it, and so I, I spend more of my time competing during the week, like at practice with those guys in the cage, and then getting to see the work that we put in show up in the game day is kind of the rewarding part of it. But I think that's probably the the biggest thing is just the recruiting side of it, and and getting to go out and watch other people and make the uh, connections that I've made the last couple of months and and all that. But as far as the the coaching and all that, it's, it's been the same pretty much everywhere. What's your take on recruiting a, a high school player versus a JUCO or a transfer? Like I assume the, the new rule has, has changed a little bit on, on how you guys go about the recruiting process. Uh, I love the JUCO guys. I mean, I was a JUCO guy. Um, I, I love those guys. They come in and they're, they're ready to go for the most part, but they're, they're also more, um, they're more appreciative, I feel like, of some stuff. Like the high school kids, I, I believe sometimes, and it's not all high school kids, and it's nothing against high school kids. It's just the way it is. They're not as appreciative of some of the stuff that they have, whereas the JUCO kid, most of the time they come from a JUCO, you don't get as much stuff. So you give them a pair of batting gloves, and they're like days made. And, like, I remember I was the same way when I JUCO going into college, and it's just – that kind of thing is the transfer portal is what it is. Like I was at North Greenville and South Carolina for six years and we made a living off the transfer portal there. I mean, that's how division two used to recruit and still does recruit. So that's kind of a, that's nothing new to me because I've done it for, did that for six years before I went to Liberty. So it's, it's different, but they're all had their equal spots. Like I think the high school kids are, are important because that's how you build your program. And then, your JUCO and your transfers are going to be guys that just filling holes in these where you where they come up during the season. It's funny how you, you mentioned how JUCO guys are a little bit different. I, I noticed something similar, and this is the, the same thing. It's no offense to these guys, but 
I noticed a difference between in professional baseball, the difference between the high school and the college guys, you know, the high school guys, <laughs> again, I love, I love these guys. I'm not trying to same as you, but I mean, you know, they would just leave after the game, you know, we're reminding them to pick up the trash after the game. They'd walk off the field after batting practice. I mean, you could just, you could just pick them out. They just didn't know any better. A lot of times versus the college guys, you could tell like someone has, has spent some time and really and taught them. They've had that experience um, kind of just staying on, on the recruiting side of things. Like what, what are you looking for when you're going out and recruiting? Uh, guys that look like they want to be on the field is the first thing. I mean, it's amazing. Like, you'll go watch some games, and it looks like those teams, like, they don't even want to be there. So, like, that's the first thing is is just making sure that, like, guys want to be there and enjoy playing the game. Um, athletics, like, being athletic is a big thing to me. Um and as far as, like, offensively, like, some bat speed, being able to hit a fastball. I mean, if you can't hit a fastball, it is, you're not going to play very long in this game. I mean, especially nowadays with everybody seems like they're throwing 95 to 100. Um, like, you've definitely got to be able to hit a fastball. Um, defensively, I, I feel like that's something that's – it's more and more important. Like, each year I've, I've been in coaching, like, I was always in an offensive system. Uh, I saw the the kind of the why having a good defense last year was important. Um, I mean, we were the top in the country at Liberty last year defense, and that ditching got us very far in, in the NCAA tournament. So I think being able to do that is very important, and that's kind of one thing that we need to improve here. Um, we have not been very good defensively, so that's kind of what I've been looking for out on the road is somebody that, they could really pick it and, and played some defense. And it's more of just a, the will to want to win. Um, I love winners. Um, I feel like if you come from a winning program, you're going to have a little bit better chance to kind of, I guess, put that mindset into the team that what you're coming into. Um, I think that's something you have to learn. Like it's just not something that just happens. Like you have to, you have to have that mentality, like learned, and once you do, it's a it's a big thing to have. Yeah, that's a really good point. I I do kind of think of the, the Derek Jeter type of effect, right? Where even though you know people always argue about his statistics and whether he was this good or that good, uh, I think you know the the most important traits about him you really can't quantify. And I think he made his teammates better on you know by by displaying those traits in the clubhouse. So. I 100% agree with you. Now, are you looking, you said uh, one of the things you mentioned there was you're looking for guys who can pick it. So are you looking for guys more so like up the middle first and then corner spots, right? Like, or yes. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, I, middle of the fields, especially if, if I'm going to a game, and I really don't know what I'm going to see. Like I'm not there for one specific person. Like I saw it. I always watch for is the catcher shortstop second base, center fielder. Um, those are always normally the most athletic people on the field. And if they can do it there, they get to our level. Maybe they don't stick there, but they can. you can move them somewhere else. You're not moving a first baseman uh, that's in high school to a shortstop when they get to college. But you can take a shortstop that's in high school and move them into a first baseman in college. I mean, that's just kind of how it works. I mean, if you're a younger guy and you're playing one of those corner positions, like you – you better be able to swing it. Um, 
it's just that's that's my approach and it's always been my approach and it probably always will be my approach is if you're one of those corner guys better be able to swing it a little bit or it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to find you find you a spot somewhere at the next level and that's when when you've been all the places you've been at and the people you've worked for that it's been the same concept uh for the most last year, because I mean, Coach Jackson was a little bit different. We were more at Liberty last year was more pitching and defense mindset. Uh, Landon Powell, who I worked for at North Greenville, played for Coach Tanner at South Carolina, so it was kind of that mold, uh, same mold that Coach Lee has at Clemson. It's the offensive, like you always hear about offense, 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 and it's kind of the driving more than you let in type of players, whereas. Last year, it was the exact opposite. Like, if you couldn't pick it, you weren't playing. Um, and we still swung about very well, but just the way we played defense was was totally different. And, like, how we went about things every day was a little bit different. So, it kind of – it's kind of now a blended mold of the two for me. Um, it's not just all offensive-minded, like, how it's always been for, for the most part. Like, in my career, like, it's always been offensive-minded and – now it's got a little bit of a defensive-minded aspect to it, also. Yeah, that's it's interesting. It's funny because I'm starting to hear a little bit of that same message from some other coaches that I've talked to at the college level, where it's it's defense, defense, and I I think it's you know you, you if you don't let in runs, right? I mean, if you I think a lot of times you'll you'll be able to develop if you got if you're recruiting an athlete, maybe his bat you know, isn't quite there yet, but you can work with them and things like that. But defensively up the middle, it's hard to make, it's hard, like you said before, it's hard to turn a first baseman in high school and do a shortstop at the college level. Um, Where, what value do you put on speed? Uh, I think it depends on the position and what type of player like you're wanting. Like I love guys that can run. I don't really care necessarily what they run in a 60-yard dash in because – You don't care? Not not the 60 because if you think about it, how many times does a baseball player run 60 yards in a straight line on a baseball field? Like, yeah, the center fielder the center, would have to collapse. The center fielder, yeah, yeah, maybe the center fielder does it once a game. Like I'm more interested in like what's their time from home to first, first to third, first – like those types of time because you can run a seven-flat 60 – but you're really good around the bases and that's where the speed translate. Like it's not so much the 60 time. Like I, I think it has some correlation, but if you can run really fast in a straight line, but you can't really run and turn at the bases and everything. And it, it's just, that's kind of how I look at it. Like, it's just more of like, what's their baseball, like around the bases type speed so much than, than it is the whole 60 time. Do you, speaking of this, I mean, when you get, when you find out about a player and you look at maybe their PBR information, like, what do you look at their 60 time there and be like, okay, like there may be something here? Yeah, you look at it, but it's not something that's like a determining factor. I mean, it's great that you run whatever you run, but can you play defense? Can you hit? Like, I normally try to find some video on them before I look at any of those measurable types. Like, I'll look at them, but then my next thing is to try to find some video to see if it's if it looks like it should in the video. How do you find players? Uh, most of the time it's from players or not players, coaches, like reaching out, emails, uh, Twitter, like that type of stuff. I mean, I'll 
going through and just look on Twitter and sometimes somebody will pop up or either out somebody DM me or send us an email and that's kind of kind of how it is. Yeah, it's the recruiting process is a is a beast, man. I mean, there, there's so many kids out there, and I think one of the things that I you know I think is interesting about it is is it's you're not always and correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I'm not a, I've never coached in college, but are you not always necessarily trying to recruit the very best player, but you're trying to find a, a replacement for a player that's on your team right now, right? So if you maybe, I guess maybe let me let, the, let me let, the, let me let me explain this a little bit further. So if you're if you're losing a shortstop, for example, and you need you need a new shortstop, right? Maybe there's you know a, a catcher out there who's like a stud catcher, but you need a shortstop. So maybe you're specifically recruiting for that shortstop, even though there's a stud catcher because you already have a good catcher. Or am I off base on that? No, I mean I think it's one hundred percent. Like it, it comes down to like fit for especially for for us right now. Like it's it's more need based and fit. Like it's, we have a couple. We have five outfielders right now. We have one coming in that are all going to be back next year. So right now, I'm not looking for an outfielder. I mean, you could be really good, and it's going to be really hard for me to try to bring in another outfielder. Right or wrong, like I just don't think it's fair to go recruit somebody when we have five guys, possibly six, for next year coming back. And something needs to happen with somebody leaving before I'm bringing in somebody else. I just don't think it's right to bring in that many people. Um, <clears throat> infield wise, like, I mean, it's like if we have, we need a shortstop and there's a catcher out there. Catcher is the one place you're probably going to still look at because you're a foul tip away from somebody being out as a catcher. Um, I mean, we have five catcher right now. I think four to five is probably like the minimum you can have for especially going into a fall. Um, so it's normally probably one of those per year. And it's it's 100% like it's need base and like does it fit, especially the transfers. High school kids are a little bit different. Like those are probably going to be like if whoever's the best available we might take because then we won't have to go and look for somebody down the road kind of to fill a spot like you're saying right there with it. But as far as the transfers and all that, like it's definitely a need base kind of fit part i gotcha yeah it's <clears throat> it, the transfers are are interesting and it, i think it's it's something that i mean do you think that because of transfers and the transfer portal has that hurt high school kids getting recruited i don't think it, so i mean no, you don't think so <clears throat> no i mean i think it, it all depends on the the school and the coach's philosophy that that's recruiting you i mean you can kind of tell, like, there's some coaches that do all transfers or some that do all high school kids, and there's some that do kind of a mix type thing. I mean, I think that's going to be up to each individual program, what they focus on the most. Um, I think if you're good enough, then you'll have a chance. I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to whether or not you're talented enough to play at the next level. And if you're talented enough, like, there'll be a spot for you. So right now, today, when we're recording this, it's April 11th. And the only reason I'm, I'm mentioning the date is are a lot of Division One schools pretty much done recruiting for the 2022 class? I don't know about anybody else. For us, we are not. Like, we're, we're still looking for 2022 kids right now. Um, like, we, we need another catcher. We need probably another infielder. We need some more, a couple more arms. Um, so – 
for us personally, like we're not done recruiting. And I don't think anybody's really ever done recruiting. I mean, if something happens and somebody at a big school that has a big time prospect supposed to be coming in that ends up something happening where they can't like take him and he's out there, then whoever the next big time school is will somehow figure out a way to get that kid into in the school if they need need to. I mean it's just well, that, that's, that's when you start hearing kids, they, them dropping kids, right, and picking up. Without a doubt. And whether that's right or wrong, like, it's not for me to say that it happens, yeah. but it also happens the other way. Like, it happens on both sides. So, it's it's neither right nor wrong, but it is what it is. Well, I guess I was asking, too, because I assume by this <clears> point, I mean, you, everyone has a budget, right? I mean, it's 11.7. So, I mean, that's it. You can't try to make more anything. So, I was just wondering, at you know, at this point, if it's like, hey, we've already used up you know, all of our money. And obviously I know you can't say what, you know, if you have or haven't, but I just, that was my, I was wondering about that for a lot of division one schools that, Hey, it's, it's April. We've already signed all our guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, most of the time it probably is for us, but for, for this year, like it's just, it's, it's kind of worked out to one of those ways where like we're going to have some availability and, and type of stuff. So we're still looking and still kind of actively, going after this class. How do you go about going developing these guys in the fall when you have a little bit more time to, to work with them and, and kind of show them some things and it's not, I mean, you, you can kind of get and dig in a little bit deeper with some of them and not have to worry about, you know, games and playing time and stuff like that. Like, is there a system you have went for developing them in the fall? Uh, I mean, for this past fall, like the first couple weeks of the fall, like, I didn't say much of anything. Like, this is my first year. I didn't know any of them. I don't believe I could have come in here and started, like, shouting out stuff to, for them to do and all that, and they looked at me like I was crazy. So I kind of let them go for the first month or so and then started slowly, like, incorporating some stuff that I thought needed to change and needed to improve on some of them and just kind of slowly worked it in there. And then once the fall was over, with like the team portion, it's kind of when we went to work. I mean, every day we were, we'd go in there. We had like our individual stuff, so we'd go in and do it. And that's kind of where we put in most of the work and kind of gave them what they needed to do to go on to the uh, Christmas break with and kind of their plan to, of what they wanted to attack and do on a daily basis when they were home alone by themselves and. Like, I had some of them, they would video me or video them and send it back to me. And, like, we did a lot of video stuff, like, during that one month. And so, that was it was kind of that individual-based stuff, though. It wasn't – it was – and it's kind of hard when you have – so, we had 22 guys, I believe, in the fall. So, it's hard to break it down individually for each one of them. But I kind of grouped them into, like, quads, like, Buckets. Hairs and yeah, kind of buckets of groups of similar types of hitters and try to like let make sure even if I wasn't talking to one of them, they heard it from another similar type of guy. So like they had a kind of a plan going forward. Is that is that one of the things in college that is <laughs> makes it difficult and maybe people don't necessarily realize is how little time you have versus how many players are out there? I mean, you're just you're the only hitting coach and you have all the you know, over twenty guys and yeah, limited I mean, time. It's extremely difficult. I mean, I we do the best we can, and and it really comes down to each player. Like, how much are they willing? To, how much do they listen when it's not them being talked to? 
So, like, if I'm talking to our three-hole hitter, is our four-hole hitter who's also in the cage with him sitting there listening to what I'm saying to him and vice versa, like, that's the only way that, that they can learn and get better. And, and it, <clears throat> if you have a group that does that, then you got a really special group because it makes your job as a hitting guy a lot easier when they kind of – they help themselves as far as, like, when they're in a the cage doing stuff, like – our guys all the time will turn around and ask the guy behind them, like, is that a strike, is that a ball, like, where was that at, off the machine and stuff. And, and I think that's kind of what leads to, to like, a whole team success type of offense. Do you have – is there a certain philosophy that you guys have? Like, I know, for example, the Yankees this year, it's, it's hit strikes harder. Like, that's their main few words that they're everyone top to bottom. Um, the Mariners, it's, it's you know, it's control. I forget exactly what it is, but it's – something to do with controlling the zone. And I mean, like, from top to bottom of their organization, everyone knows it. Is there anything that you guys have that is, like, your, like what kind of the symbol is for Moorhead State? Uh, I think just control what you can control. I mean, we have – and that's kind of been the hardest thing. We have a couple guys that get really frustrated when they don't see the results and trying to, to show them, like, the – it's not always like you can't be result driven type of stuff. Like you can't control whether or not you get a hit. I mean, you can go up there and you hit a 115 and it go right to the shortstop and you're out and you go out there and you can swing and hard as you can. And you can bunt like a, a swinging bunt and it roll down third baseline and you can be on first base as a hit. And it's kind of like getting them to buy into like, just control what you can control and compete each pitch and, and go, go from there. It's not so much the, anything other than that I mean, control what you control, get a strike that you can swing at and, and take your best swing whenever you do swing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, process over results a hundred percent. What, what is it like if you're, if you're coaching and there's, there's maybe some players who aren't everyday starters necessarily, you know, sometimes they're in the lineup, sometimes they're not in the lineup. How do you go about communicating to them and, and letting them know where they stand? Because I remember as a player myself, it's like, man, I remember just going to the park each day, like not knowing if I was going to play or not. And then you go over and walk up and see the lineup and you're like, damn, I'm not in there. You know what I mean? So how do you go about like making sure that everyone's on the same page and, and, and kind of letting them know where they stand? I think it's just constant communication and um, making sure they're ready whenever they get their, their name called. And I mean, that's one thing like, when I was in at College of Charleston one year, I I was really good as a pinch hitter and like I remember Coach Lee and I heard him say it one time to somebody we were standing around, he was joking, it's like dude would start and he'd go one for five or or oh for four and I'd put him as a pinch hitter and he'd come up and he'd get a big hit. And I think it's just the the mindset of that, like when I was sitting on the bench, like I was watching the game learning and I knew kind of the situation what the situation would be for me to get a pinch hit at that. And normally when that happened, it was the mindset, I'm coming off, I'm, I'm ready to win the game for my team. Whereas a starting, it's like, all right, you got to have a good day to kind of play the next day. And it goes back to that focus on the process and not really the result type of stuff. Like just go about, go about it each day and, and treat it like you're playing. If you're not playing, then that BP and that, all that stuff, like that's your game reps and, once the game starts, you just got to keep yourself logged in and, and kind of stay ready for when your name's called because you go in there and you have success in those roles and it leads kind of the next day and 
it gets yourself more opportunities and, and kind of telling that to each guy and like seeing them now, like <clears throat> halfway through the season, like we've had some that, that started off that weren't starting that are now starting. And it's kind of like they trusted that process and got themselves more playing time and, and just keeping everybody involved that way. But just the constant communication of, of each individual of kind of like what they need to do and just, just keep going with it. Keep, keep working and, and good things will happen. That's awesome. So our last question here, if, if you're recruiting somebody or if you're recruiting me or whoever it is, like why, why would someone want to come and play at Moorhead state? Just the, the overall, like everyday process that we have, like we have a very fun environment. Um, our coaching staffs is a, a joy to be around. Like we're relationship driven. Uh, that's kind of why I got, or, or stayed around and started coaching in this game is because the relationship part of it. Like I love, I love building the relationships with guys and, and still getting texts and calls and that type of stuff from former players that I've had. Like that's the best thing about this game. I mean, at the end of the end of the day, like that's all that really matters anyway. Um, win or lose. Like I love these guys that I work with every day. I love everyone I ever worked with. And, and just <clears throat> that kind of family mindsets, probably the best thing. Like I'm, I'm going to work with the best player. I'm going to work with the worst player. As long as you show me you're going to put forth the effort. Like I'm, I'm more than willing. Like you text me, I'm there. And I think that's the biggest thing as far as like our program we have now, like I think guys kind of buy into that and see that and, and are willing to, to put in the work to, to get us kind of to the next level. That's awesome. So I appreciate it, man, uh, for you uh, coming on. I know, again, crazy schedule. You've been recruiting the team and everything, so we appreciate it. And, uh, again, man, uh, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, man.